Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Herbert, mm-hmm. and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's comedy in your ears, which we all love. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the About Last Night podcast with my boy, uh, Adam Ray. Yes. Yes. Hello. Dude, you are just rocking. You are just caveman city table for one. Yeah, but I have this tank top to balance it out. You do. Tank tops balance out everything. And I not only was that my high school yearbook quote, I've said it for a long time, but I can only be friends with people that share that sentiment. By the way, you, you, I was watching some interview on you uh, on the Today Show. That must have been embarrassing for me. Yeah. Dude, thank you for bringing it up. I don't want to have to be the guy to say that you make Hoda uncomfortable physically. <laughs> no, dude, they fucking we love you. We buried that lawsuit a long time ago. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to have lawsuits. Like, you know, have shit go down right before the pandemic because then nothing can really get done. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, there's bigger headlines. You'll be fine. No, but you um, you were wearing – oh, no, it was Access Hollywood. You're just making the rounds, baby. It was you and Lopez. And you were yeah. wearing a shirt with like a, I think a tank or something underneath. I've worn a similar outfit. Definitely not yeah. showing the definition that you're rocking. But <laughs> Mari, they were like, oh, you're a SoCal guy, but then you're in New York, but you're dressed like a SoCal guy. And, uh, but now, you, and now you're rocking this tank. How many tanks, and this is not my question, this is from the fans, baby. How many tank okay. tops <laughs> does New Amsterdam's Ryan Eckle own? <laughs> That's not. That's not a legitimate question. It's a fan question. Is it really? No, it's from is, me, dude. Is it let's, from let's your get, mother? Okay. Let's get okay. let's get raw and personal. It's from Puddin' Cox. <laughs> let's get real. Uh, yeah, dude. There's just no reason to wear legitimate clothing during quarantine. There's really not, dude. Yeah, this is as this is as dressed up as I've gotten in weeks. It uh, it's all about comfy and and cash, right? Yeah, I've been doing soft shorts. This is going to get real sexual real quick. Soft shorts, no underwear, and like an old tank top, no shoes, no socks, pretty consistently. Just ready for church in the 60s. Yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> what, uh, what are you – are you like showering and stuff? Are you – like how much of the routine are you trying to actively instill so I that you through- feel like a person? 
Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. I I, I go through phases. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm definitely bathing. I've yeah. managed to keep that up. I definitely missed a, a shower a time or two, but oh, yeah. generally bathing, which is good. But I'll go through like a few days of just shorts and nothing else and just doing nothing. Wow. And then I'll be like, okay, let's go. Let's pretend it's real life. And I'll, and I'll put on grown yep. up clothes, like jeans perhaps. And and um and sit down on a computer and sort of click keys as if there's some semblance to what i'm typing and i hope that i'm doing something productive and then that'll go on for a few days and then i'll get tired of that and i'll go back to the shorts are you uh are you zooming a lot are you i saw you do i saw you working out with was is it your girl or was it oh well with my dad with my pops yeah well there's i saw one what's up yeah i saw one with a gal Yeah, Liz posted one uh, of uh, her and her roommate and I doing a little uh, little workout action and fast fast motion, which was quite a good time. And then my dad's got this uh, ordered this little you know man cave workout stuff in the garage, so we've been we've been doing that pretty consistently. Awesome. I've been introducing my dad to a lot of grunge, a lot of Nirvana records, smashing. Pop. No way. Yeah, dude, that is. That's next on my bucket list for my dad. I'm not like, he's yeah. about to turn 76 on Friday. And I'm like, dude, I'm oh, making the bucket man. list for you. And it's like, he? yeah, yeah. And it's like getting him to know about who presidents of the United States of America are. Um, <laughs> not the presidents, the presidents who wrote peaches. Yeah, um, exactly. And, uh, you know, maybe, some, maybe get him to learn the lyrics to uh, Goldfinger's In My Bedroom. Genius. <clears throat> yeah. Can you get your dad to learn the lyrics to Lose Yourself by Eminem? Oh man, you mean learn again? <laughs> what do you think yeah. seventy five was? Zoom that to the world. What is your What does your dad like to listen to? What's his vibe? Uh, that's a personal question, dude. This interview's about you. Let's get back to <laughs> no. Uh, he's a real. He's got a. I think my eclectic taste definitely comes from him because he'll right. You know, uh, I'm up up here right now, and, and we'll just he'll just go to YouTube and pull up karaoke songs of uh like 80s love songs like he's the one that got me into billy ocean and, oh yeah uh, like caribbean queen get out of my dreams get into my car very very aggressive suggestive by the way billy lyrics yeah yeah suggestive <laughs> or like, just outright explanatory but that was, <laughs> yeah, but that was the 80s dude you could yeah. sing about gals you hadn't met and how they needed to get out of your dreams and physically get into your ride and right. and guess what dude nothing was really said past that it was just all implied but like the 80s was all about implications i feel like it's true i was just having a conversation with a friend about how hip-hop is the last bastion of just i don't mean this is a positive hold on the last place where um just rampant misogyny yeah. just oh yeah. this and bitches that and it's and it's like <laughs> and everyone you know the me too movement has been pretty prolific uh and and mostly a great thing but i'm like wait what about hip-hop though like like literature or or other musics or or presidents grabbing pussies that's all good but like you know the hip-hop thing i know it's i'm surprised somebody probably has put the grabbing by the pussy into a song haven't they i would assume so yeah i think i think it was originally a little wayne lyric i think (laughs) trump was just quoting hilarious by the way, what if it wasn't put it like it was put into a song, but not who by we thought we're like, yeah, dude, like DMX had it be in his comeback album. And it's like, no, it's actually, um, uh, uh, fuck. If I had said the name quicker, the joke would have hit harder. It would have hit harder. You know I'm what? Going I, Taylor Swift. What are you going? I was going to say Taylor Hicks. No, <laughs> the soul patrol. 
That's better. That yours was stronger. That's a funnier answer. Taylor Swift is the real answer. Is yes, exactly. Or uh, Blake Shelton. But Willie Nelson would also be a good. Come on. Grab him by the pussy. <laughs> Could be a cool. See, well, you just made that. See, that actually sounds good when you sing it. I didn't know you had <laughs> such a set of pipes, dude. I knew in college when we were at SC and um, that uh, that you could sing. And I know you always had a guitar. Yeah. You weren't like walking around class. You weren't that douche that walked to class with a guitar, but you no. had one at your place. Yeah. Didn't you? Your place, uh, I think junior year, my senior year was near the Staples Center, right? Yes. Yeah. I lived downtown. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember cool. going to a party there. That was, uh, and I, it's so funny the things you yeah. remember from our yeah. college days. You had a party. And uh, like certain, I guess just hangs that are not, uh, that are like, like kind of off campus, especially. I think I remember more so. Right. The fact that that was so close to Staples, I think you could walk to it on Figueroa. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, that was so cool to me, A, because it was like, I felt like I was leaving campus without going right. into Hollywood, like uh, right. traditionally. Right. But, um, but I just also remember that was like a cool party because there weren't a ton of people. So you and I really, I like, I really got to, and look, this, we'd had three years together or whatever, but, um, but I think that's when I saw the guitar I was racking my brain with this last night and I was like, I think that's when I saw guitar. And then you're like, yeah, I play. And I don't know if you busted it out fucking Jason Mraz style at the party, but you definitely sang something. And I was like, Oh shit. And then I was like, yeah, it makes sense. This guy's a fucking, you know, uh, soon to be heartthrob. Of course he's got a set of pipes to go through it. And then I see on the today show, you play a song yeah, called like love is the, like time and love heal wounds some fucking it was i don't know dude that's close enough yeah no what was it it was <laughs> it's, real, called, dude. it's called here's looking at you it was from a little indie i did where i played a musician i got to write in the songs dude you were so like again not surprisingly good but just unexpectedly you know what i'm saying oh thanks man oh yeah man I'm, really what you're saying is i have a low low expectation of you yeah and the, and the fact that you ended up having any talent at all was surprising <laughs> deeply <laughs> so funny dude no it was wait um, tell me about that that's, indie that's awesome man I, you know yeah I, I, i'm one of the things i want to do in this quarantine is maybe take some time to do the music it's one of those hobbies that's always like you know in the back of my head like yeah. one day i'm gonna sit down and make a sick record man and i and i never do it but of course i, I would like Life to do it over. not to start not to start some career but just to just i just got a bunch of songs sitting at home and it would be fun to record them and put them out there but yeah that movie was cool it's on i think it's on netflix now it's called lucky them um megan griffith's directed tony collette the great tony collette is in it shut uh, the fuck up and thomas hayden church who is probably the funniest man i've ever met and and it's good it's good i'll, I'll you know it's 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 a it's a good movie if you got nothing to watch on a, on a tuesday evening i'm not going to say on a saturday night but on a tuesday night dude I that's would, big of you by the way picking the <laughs> night for the movie yeah, I guarantee you makes people because there's so much pressure with the weekend flick, right? Yes, that's everyone's thinking be a good one. superhero or you know, um, you know, like either like Iron Man two or Schindler's List, like something that's got a lot of production value and that is yes. you know you can get invested in. Yes, but a Tuesday night flick, I dig that. So who do you it's, play in this? It's um, I played this uh, musician, uh, kind of street musician who who kind of takes a shine to Tony's character who's yeah. a few years older and they sort of have a thing. And it's kind of a, you know, uh, it's her, it's her up to her old antics of dating people that, uh, 
are not really right for her age-wise or otherwise and uh, being sort of emotionally unavailable and she's got to figure it out. And it's a, it's a really fun love story between her and Thomas Hayden Church. And that guy is so funny, man. He's just funny in his ordinary, just, just like getting a bite from crowd, just anything, just the way he talks is funny. His mind, the way his mind works, he's, he's hilarious. I was going to say how much of it is his voice too, when he's just talking oh. about ordinary stuff that you're like, I could listen to you talk about what's in that sandwich and you're going to just all day. Yeah. He's got a Christopher yeah. Walken, uh, vibe, like not vibe, but just similarly the way that I think he breaks up words, right. And yes. kind of, um, just yes. delivery is just unique. for sure and yeah you're right and he's so particular like his cadence is specific to him and his tone and and he's just kind of that dry droll delivery where like nothing is ever that important yeah you know and so the punchline comes out the same as the setup or anything it's just like just funny funny dude uh i'm definitely gonna watch that man because i i'm uh i'm i'm starved for stuff i'm also not i've been on more of a i know there's so many shows and by the way my dad is a huge New Amsterdam fan. So oh, that's awesome. More fired up. We started watching it together, actually, because he's a big medical drama guy. He's, like, got his, you know, the Chicago MDs, PDs, right. fucking right. STDs. He's got all yes. the Chicago's. And you then, know the lesser-known STDs, so That was a very <laughs> well, dude, short-lived. I was, like, a CSI um, Glendale guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I go no, off the – Not a ton happens. It's just kind of once in a while there's, like, slight minor shoplifting. Persian rug sale that like takes up most of the season and then uh yeah yeah a couple Costco robberies <laughs> occasionally some kids skateboard by too loudly hey jerks hey jerks on next yeah. week's yeah that was rude yeah <laughs> get off my lawn oh you're my kid on next week oh sorry yeah. eh, still get off yeah. yeah still get off Darren you don't call your kids son um, I'm in college you're 38 <laughs> I think we just wrote season two. We just wrote like a Glendale. great, yeah. God, you remember, speaking of that, I don't know why that reminded me of Reno 911. That was a great show. Unreal. Came that back. Was a great show. Did it come back? Dude, so Tom Lennon, you know, so, somehow became a homie. I did this movie oh, with dope. him yeah. that, um, that uh, just came out uh, on Amazon last Friday. Uh, oh, dude, I got to check it out. What's it called? First leading role. It's called The Bellman. It's about, it's got a little wet, hot American summer meets Anchorman vibe about these hotel bellmen. I'm the, like the head bellman that just oh, doesn't awesome. fucking promote, get promoted, loses the girl, <laughs> lies about a promotion to get her back. Tom Lennon plays the spiritual guru who comes to try to have this weekend conference. He's a full character, unidentifiable Eastern European accent who's trying <laughs> to con basically con everyone and steal the money from everyone at the hotel who's staying there. It's right. real silly, dude. Definitely spark yeah. one up or have a cocktail. It's a Wednesday night it. movie. Okay, okay. All right. So we have our Tuesday and our Wednesday worked out. We're locked in. But he is a god. And so he uh He's funny, man. Yeah, and just yeah, and so uh and just you know, keeping in touch, but also Reno, I mean, that was my shit too. They it came back on Quibi uh two weeks ago. Oh, no way. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, what I, a great show, man. Yeah, they were was that one of the things because I know, you know, as as much of like straight acting as you're doing, you've always been so funny, dude, which I think is uh -huh. obviously I think is why, I mean, look, we got real fortunate with like the, the classes that we had at SC as far as like how many cool, talented, like just easygoing, fun, funny people there were. And yeah, when I see you in interviews, I go, man, I hope he, and you bring it out in all your roles, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
don't you agree? Like, aren't you like one, like wanting something that's like a, like almost comedy just from top to bottom to where you can really show that you got that. You I, would, I would love that. I mean, yeah. I would love that to comedy top to bottom is something I've never done. I've done yeah parts with comedy or with humor, but right. you know, never the full, I would, that would be a great challenge for me. I would love to, um, I would love to do that, man. Yeah. That would be, you know what I, I, I we, we should do a mockumentary show. We should do, Take oh the my. Reno 911 format, bring it back. New, you know, actually, okay, hold on. I'm going to bring all topics of discussion together in Please. one cosmic moment of just coagulation. Yes. I don't know if that's the right word. But um, you know what I always thought would be a funny show? I'm just going to pitch any network who's listening. Maybe Netflix is listening. Maybe they call us right after this. We, we only know. have Hallmark and Pax that listen to okay. this podcast. Understood, understood. Well, I think this could work very well as a co-production between the two. Okay. Um, I always thought that wouldn't theater school be a hilarious mockumentary show because like when we're going to school, you know, there'd be business majors and pre-med and people studying serious things, engineering, and, and they'd be walking by on the way to some test and stressed out of working. And we'd be like walking through campus, like singing or reciting a poem or being like, what color am I today? Like I'm yellow, you know? And I was like, what a funny show. And then some people, you know, you, you, the, the degree of taking it seriously, like a Guffman-esque type show, it would yeah. just, it would be great. It would be great. I'm a thousand percent in, dude. I think the mockumentary world has only really been truly explored through the Christopher Guest eyes and squad. Oh, man. Yes. And it's, there is, I mean, dude, you know, what I, what I need to do in this quarantine is finish this mockumentary that I um, wrote uh, about two years ago about inventors. It's basically, you take Spellbound meets Shark Tank and make yes. a mockumentary where it's you following six different inventors from around the world that Dope. are meeting up at this inventors convention in this is uh, great. Vegas. I'm sold. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, you're obviously in. We need you to help fucking sell the movie. But it, uh, <laughs> dude, I have a part outline for Beck. Fantastic. Um, Henry Winkler is the kind of the oh, the guy who this man in show business. Have you gotten to know him? Uh, not well, but I've just had brief encounters with him here and there, and he's always so so kind and supportive and friendly and just like what a great dude yeah he's uh he's got so many stories and so much experience that you're like you know you it's it's almost like you should be a dick with how much stuff you've done and how much right. time is money for you and just like you're but he's so yeah man i mean maybe he, i mean look i think some people just go through and are constantly uh you know having good experiences to where they don't Maybe he's never been put in a position where he needs to flip out. Maybe we haven't seen a Fonz flip out yet. Maybe he's waiting yeah, yeah. until he's or, like 90. He's like secretly, yeah, secretly a maniac. Like, yeah. you know, dungeon, the whole thing. Just God knows. Have you worked with anyone uh, in, your, uh, in, in your journey so far that, uh, that you've just been like, what the fuck? Like, this what is an, little did I think doing Playboy of the Western World in 2005. <laughs> With Adam Ray and Beck Bennett, uh, little did I know that 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 I was going to go from that to to that know. was it. You know what? I'll tell I'll tell a reverse story, which okay. was I was fortunate enough to do a play with Alec Baldwin. What the great Alec Baldwin? Yeah, it was out in East Hampton. It was All My Sons by Arthur Miller, which yes. is a great classic american plays you know I've, and i've uh, done so many scenes from that in uh the have you? oh yeah yeah dude. it's it's it was a yeah, great show Miller's so freaking great yeah so you know i'm going into that with baldwin who you you know <laughs> you're there he, he's had his fair share of trouble with the 
you know, the media, this or that headline and all these different things are kind of gets a, 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 some degree of notoriety as being, but the opposite, man, like again, so quick, so funny, uh, super supportive, just super fun. Uh, I'm doing amazing impressions all the time, Pacino and, and all these people and, um, and, and just constantly giving you shit in, in the best way. Just, just um, such a great guy. And I just remember thinking like, going into that experience being like, Ugh, I've heard some things. Is this guy going to be tough? And he was just such a, such a sweet guy. That's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it probably just adds to and gets you more excited to be in this business when you meet people like that and you go, man, thank God that they've done what they've done and they still have this level of, you know, uh, ease and, and um, I don't know, go, like I'm sure he went out of his way to like make you feel comfy, right? Oh yeah. The back rub went on. A little too long, probably. But <laughs> some but, would say not yeah. long enough, and those and that sum is Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, but no, no, but he did, and and everyone, all these actors. I mean, it was him and Laurie Metcalf who are two oh giants, God, but amazing dude. in their own right. Yeah, and then um, and then um, you know, a schlub like me and 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 some other cats, and uh, and yeah, just super supportive, super fun, super fun, very bringing everyone together, and um, yeah, it was a good, it's a good experience. Um, before I want to like ask about your like theater days and, and just like, you know, acting chops developing in Lakewood, California. Um, <laughs> so we met at USC, you were, um, I think a freshman when I was a sophomore, you guys were a year below me, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You and, and Beck and, um, did you, was SC the, uh, Beck was still a year below me. I oh, Beck think. was below that. Oh yeah. You were Aaron Fisher. Yes. Andrea, Jeffrey Lind, right? Yes. Yes. That's right. Uh, was SC at the top of, was that where you wanted to go for acting school? Did you know that, you know, and again, we'll, we'll go back, but like, I'm sure in high school, you'd done enough theater and acting. Uh, I think I heard you say at one point you wanted to do, start really young as a kid, but your folks wouldn't let you. Yeah. They, yes. Yeah. Folks were, uh, wanted me to get an education, quote unquote, whatever the hell that means. Fuck that. Books and shit. Um, yeah, no, I, def I, 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 I started to kind of dip my toe into it from, I don't come from a family of uh, entertainers. I think actually my uncle was actually a stunt man for a little while, but other than that, there's that no one in my family who ever did this stuff. Um, so it was totally foreign to my parents and to me. And I started going a few auditions, started to book a few things, little things here and there as a, I forget what age. And then they were like, your, your son can be in this movie. He's going to have to miss three months of school or whatever. And they were like, hell no. Um, so they squashed all my hopes and dreams. What movie was that? Oh God, I don't know. Some, some, some movie. Um, so I think it was called E.T. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, dude, what if it turned out to be just like the game changer? I don't know. I, I can't remember the name. It was like Jurassic something. Jurassic Park. I don't Jurassic remember, something. Park in the Woods. Dinosaur Park Land. The, Dinosaurville. Sam, the, like Sam, the Untitled Sam Neil Project. It was Same some sort of. Uh, Steven Spielberg or Spielstein or something. <laughs> yeah. Some Jewy guy that knows Laura Dern. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it was it was something substantial, but it was it wasn't any of those. It wasn't a gotcha. classic, but it was enough that it would have been like, oh wow, you know, you could probably start working at that yep. age, wherever that would have led. And yep. um, no, parents said no, which was uh, fairly devastating at the moment. But you know, I do think it is good to get an education. Though I have to say, if I had it to do over again, I'd probably get a degree in literature or something more academic because 
I don't know, the acting part, you just got to go out and do and, and fail and get better and just be willing to suck until you're less, until you suck less, you know? That's what I, that's what I wanted to ask you, like how much of the BFA, because for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> we're both in the BFA acting conservatory program, whatever you want to call it to feel like an asshole, Very but fancy. you have to audition for it and they take in, what, I think 15 to 20 kids from thousands that apply. I didn't realize how cool of a deal it was until I think maybe halfway through the year when, when, you know, in some conversation, somebody was like, yeah, like my buddy <clears throat> is always asking me how was the program? Cause he's so bummed he didn't get in. I was like, Oh, did a lot of people, I guess I just didn't put it together. You know, that it was mm-hmm. people, but obviously in LA, SC is a, a prestigious university. Like what, like that and UCLA are the schools that are right there in Hollywood. So there's right. an extra allure of like, Oh man, like the people I'm going to meet, the connections, the, the ties to the SC family, but um, did you, I mean, you know, from movement to voice to, uh, you know, what do we have? Stage combat, yoga. I mean, for fucking, there was everything that I didn't think I needed. And then like start to get it into your, your bloodstream. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like to this day, I do definitely breathe better because of Brent Blair. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or stand up taller or thing for sure. I mean, I, you know what? I, I wanted to leave school after two years, and I. Uh, so did I. Did you? Yeah. Two I told years Zane I was going to move to New York and audition for SNL, and she there was you like, go. And, "Bad idea." I yes. was like, okay, and, thanks. And no, and we both should have. I don't know. For me, it was my folks are more okay, a little more traditional, a little more conservative, and we're like, basically, in my mom's eyes, if I quote unquote dropped out of school, I would the next day be in an alley just blowing various men for <laughs> drugs. Just instantly. Not even drugs, just hugs. Just hugs, just just for the fun of it. And the men are um, like, we'll give you the hug, dude. <laughs> like, no, nah, dude, let me earn it. <laughs> yeah, I said, no, let me do it. I have to be good at something. Um, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, they, they thought there was either Ben Affleck, millionaire or destitute and dying wow. on the street and didn't realize there was some sort of in between. And uh, not too far, why would they? And um nor to die for that matter. But yeah, two years is a great, great length because it was like, I felt like it was a chance to sort of read a lot of plays and, and sort of fail without consequence, you know, do right. things and have teachers say yay or nay or friend peers, you know, say I like that, I didn't like that and just play around and be exposed to different ideas and different playwrights and, and, um, and different people, you know, different kids that you're meeting. And, and, then, and then, yeah, year three and four is just like, all right, the next step is you just just go just doing you know like anything it's it's um it's the practice and all that so and there's so much that about the film industry and 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 whatnot that's i don't know that no school really teaches you it's like schools focus on teaching you quote unquote the craft whatever that may be um uh still trying to figure it out and and yeah so it's i don't know there's a lot of real world stuff i mean i imagine that's true of any uh, pursuit whether yeah. it's being a doctor or you know um whatever whatever it may be certainly business or, or anything like that but uh did you enjoy the uh the SC experience just college overall mostly yeah like i said year one and two i was like in i was having fun i was meeting people i was reading plays i was trying different stuff and 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 just a great experience to sort of it's kind of like that crutch between high school and the real world yep. you know where you get to hang out with kids and sort of experience some degree of autonomy and independence, but you're not fully, fully on your own yet. And then, yep. um, 
But then at a certain point, it, 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 I think, if, and this isn't specific to SC, I think this would be any school, it can become, I don't know. Monotonous, bit, right? And you were ready yes, to rep- repetitive, monotonous, yeah. just unnecessary. It's like, a, how many years do we need to pay gajillions of dollars to, you oh, know, yeah, part man. of it's that. You have to realize it's a business and all that. Welcome to King Squaro Hotel. May I have your last name, please? Good morning, ma'am. Can I help you? Oh, my, what happened? Bellmen are clumsy and... Stupid. Still a bellman. You've had this job since high school, right? Well, actually, now I am the bell captain. Oh, all right, kid. You ready for check-ins? I was born. I think he was going to say I was born ready. Steve's the captain. Captain Steve. <laughs> the closest thing we have to a god on earth. Gunther Gashimane! It's worse than I thought. He's a complete slime ball, right? Oh, yeah, no question. Do you feel my foot on your foot? That's not me. There's something under the table that feels like a foot. What are you doing right now? I'm working. I got a promotion. I just lied to Kelly. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I just want another shot. Sid Whitman worked his way up the ladder and bought the hotel. Mr. Boss! Do me a favor. Take it easy on the bellman, would you? I'd rather have Krakow melt my balls. Take care, boys. I mean, it's a huge scam. And those girls were in on it, too. Don't you want to know what our bodies are capable of? Yes, definitely. I just work here during the day, but my nights is off. Let's do this! Gunther is conning everyone with Spearfresh. (laughs) You broke into a guest room. This is unacceptable. He has been impersonating a manager, and that is a felony. I don't think that's a felony. He should be fired! Get set! Bunch of really real G's, burning trees till we low, sitting by 45 like I'm Jordan on the floor. Here we go, guess the brain is what they say my name for. I'm not sure he's ready for. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> With our minds, we begin to urinate and then for real into our pants. And we were fortunate to get like with the BA pro, uh, BFA program, obviously, like we got more shows that we just had to audition for and, and get parts. But, um, and you know, and I guess professors, we had the, I don't want to say the better professors, but professors that were more just designed to, uh, you know, work with kids that were um, making acting uh, the, the sole, you know, if you were a BA, you had more room to minor in other uh, things, which bum me out sometimes because there were so many dope classes that right. I just could never fit in the schedule, like a, a Beatles history class, or there was like a Leonard, the Leonard Malton class. Yeah. I, yes, I, I so agree. Like I went, it's almost like, I feel like kids should just not, I feel like everyone should take a few years after high school to just go do life and go try to start. Unless wow. You before college. I, yeah. I, th- I think that like, can you imagine if, if you could go back to school for a few years as a grown up and really a appreciate it, appreciate sort of the education and the opportunity to just learn to sit and, and, and read things and, and hear lectures and, um, and then curate your, your courses and your learning in a way that actually excited you. You know what I mean? Like I just, when you're a kid, you're just like, Oh, I got to take a test. Like it's just a drag that's forced on you. You know I what know. I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's my two cents, kids. Don't go to college unless you want to five years later. Then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for the, uh, the, the Jerry Springer final thought at the end of that. <laughs> is, um, did, is it my 
was I just too high or did we call you egg roll? Egg roll? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a constant. Yes. Okay, great. I was I'm still my therapist is still dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. Who who came up with that? Cuz college kids love nicknames, whether it's frats or theater schools. I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> The fr- the frat thing was funny. I did that for like half a second, just because we were in theater school. So I was like, "Let me just do the opposite, just to see." Yeah. For Which a second, one did you try? Very, very half-heartedly, I think it was Fidel. Yeah. And, oh my god, uh, that was the one that my freshman year roommate did, and their house burned down. Yes. I think senior, no, my senior year, your junior year. I think like the yeah, or like the year after I joined or something. So I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> I guess I won't be doing that. <laughs> That's but so oh god, it was great. Yeah, one guy in that uh, nicknamed me Egg Dick, which I enjoyed because for the lack of creativity. Yeah, dude. And just the pure the fratness of that Egg Dick. <laughs> great, just a great, By just way, perfect. Not, <laughs> just not no cleverness. No cleverness. Just literally taking something that yeah, he already found a lot of comedy in, and, and putting was, yes, the male peanut, which you can attach to just anything. Yeah, it was great. By the I way, think I wonder. Eggroll might have been. Um, I think Eggroll was a Jake thing. I feel like Jake, Jake Siegel. Was, yeah. And Phil and Phil Weiner for yeah. sure. Oh, Philly, I think those two cats. Right. Yeah. yeah, Phil definitely. Uh, yeah, and Jake too. I think they were both pretty generous with like and quick to like throw out fun labels that you're like, yeah, that can stick for a couple of years. And well, unless well, Egg well, Dick well, comes along. <laughs> <laughs> it just always stuck out to me as like you're really going with that. You're really. That was oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Egg roll, egg roll was a classic. Like on my ego, Eggman, Eggy, like eggs. Any good. any version of egg, scrambled egg. Eggy, yeah, that's good. All of it, yeah. Did um the teachers ever pick up on that? <laughs> and start. I I remember one time I forget who it was, but yeah, Phil or somebody was like, "Hey, egg roll," and, and the teacher did what? Just confused and <laughs> makes them feel roll. so out of the loop. It's like almost so like now when you touch. when you see like yeah. a new artist on an MTV, uh, like an, on a VMAs, and you're like, "Fuck, dude, I, who is that?" Like that's probably what the teachers were feeling when they're like, "Egg roll is that? Hey, don't they mean egg dick? Like who is this kid?" <laughs> I thought it was egg dick. I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> the frat told me it was egg dick. That's how I got in. Um, Maybe um, in the frat, my eyes were blindfolded, and it actually was the teacher who nicknamed uh, me. Egg. He was secretly a member. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's so crazy that my final show there was that Playboy of the Western World, which was the Irish show that we did with Andy Robinson directing, which was pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty Amazing epic, guy. dude. Like that guy, yeah. I, I, and I want to know from your experience because you've now obviously worked with, I mean, so many insane, uh, directors, Spike Lee being one of them, mm. dude. But Andy Robinson, I feel like was, it was pretty cool for us to get that experience in college. A guy that was, had worked in films, uh, and TV so much but was such a theater guy, right? Such a theater guy, yeah. Also felt like, to me, the most intense director I, <clears throat> I think I'd had up to that point, as far Same. as like, and then I responded to, that had like a tough, almost coach mentality to him, and really yes. like, did that a lot, and like, fucking get it, like, get into yes. it. And it was like, yes, yes, I didn't yes. know that I could be pushed or really, and, and it, and it, yeah, and, it, and yeah. It, it got me fired up, and sometimes I'd even leave rehearsal being like, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> and then it was like, and then you let whatever he said simmer and you're like, man, and then you'd want to go back and, and give him what he was talking about, but he was so right. excited about it. And it like was the perfect thing to leave college with as far as like getting me riled up. Cause like we talked about yes. the business prep in school theaters. And I don't know if it's changed since we were there, but is not 
what it should be, or I don't even know how you go about trying to prep kids other than like we had LeVar Burton and, and, and Henry Winkler come in and talk to us and LeVar Burton smacked his face with a knife and said, it's a tool and a weapon. And I was like, I think you're bleeding. I'm pretty sure it's a fucking weapon, but, but like, what did he do? He hit himself and he said, it's a what? LeVar Burton was giving a, um, you know, a senior class. Like they were trying to give us, get some Lectures real life, the real world. A yeah. thousand percent. So he's in right. there with a Swiss army knife and he's like, now some people, now I don't do accents. Keep in mind. Though some people would see this as a weapon. But others see it as a tool. You see that? Just hitting himself with the knife and the blade. And by the way, I'm sitting there. I look over. Some kids in my class, I will not say their names, are taking notes. I'm like, what the fuck are you what writing What are right you now? doing? <laughs> what could you possibly be pulling from him? And then he, like, hit himself, and it started to bleed a little. And I remember raising my hand. <clears throat> and I was like, Mr. Burton, I'm pretty sure it's a weapon, man, because you got a little bit of... A little bit I of juice spilling out. You cut yourself with the tool that you're using. <laughs> tool. Yeah. And he's like, there's two ways to look at things. Can I get a napkin real quick? There's two ways to look at things. And I was just like, <laughs> all right. Well, I do, I do get. Refuses to acknowledge. Yeah. Okay, uh, I love it. That's great. Yeah. That's but, great. But those types of um, things, it was pretty much it. So to have a guy like Andy that was really pushing it. Do you remember? That show was cool too, because I think I played your dad, right? And then Beck yes, played. Yes, that's right. Yes. And then Beck played. I think my dad or. No, no, no. Vice versa. Beck Be in Playboy. Beck was my dad, right? Yes. Yeah. And you were Beck's dad. That's right. I think so. So I was your grandpa. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. I think so. Oh man. You know that that play actually had had a similar um, effect on me. He he was cool. an amazing guy. Had a lot of fire. Very genuine. Very visceral guy. And there was one, one time, one of the most uh, confused moments of my life was during that play. And, ever so, and then I actually had a conversation with Beck, I don't know, a year ago or something about it, somewhat recently. And he kind of like course corrected this, this, this sort of, I don't know how to say it. This, this, so what happened was Andy was giving notes to everybody and... Um, Playing the, playing the quote-unquote lead of this play, who's a guy who, who, who kills his father, who turns out to be Beck, yeah. who's coming next for his grandfather, played by Adam Ray. Yeah. And, um, and at the, so we did a rehearsal. We did a dress rehearsal or something, and Andy's <clears throat> standing in front of everyone. Everyone's sitting, kind of, and he gives everyone a note. You get a note, you get a note. And then he goes, and then he goes, Ryan. And then he just, he just breathes for a minute. He just takes a minute, like what he's about to say is going to be epic. And the more the anticipation is building, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. I guess. What, what is it? I ruined the whole thing. Am I like, am I, am I the worst actor of all time? And then he goes, um, you gotta take it. You gotta take it. And I was like, what does that mean? I've got to, I got to take it. I've got to take it. And he's like, you gotta take it. He just, Gah! he just kept getting super into it. And, 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 but without, and without saying, uh, you need to, live more in the emotional truth of the, this thing or yeah. what is you yeah, know yeah. your relationship with the fire any any kind of like specific guidance you gotta take it and i was like i don't know what that means and so i went to do the next rehearsal the next players the lady just being like am i taking it did i take it like i <laughs> is this Will you tell me once i've taken it taking it yeah can you is can you <clears throat> explain how do you take something <laughs> yeah and you know, it, I I was in retrospect just thought he meant like just step up to the plate, man. You right. got to deliver, and right. I, you're not delivering. And it just always stuck with me of like, 
wow, what do I, what do I do? I got to take it. And, um, and then later Beck told me that he had a conversation with Deb Wall, lovely oh, actress. Yeah. And True about that Deb moment, because she's amazing, confused yeah. them too. And I guess Beck said, asked Deb, like, what was that about? And Deb was like, so I, without patting myself on the back, said something kind, like, oh, Ryan's just a little different. He's more like, you know, more filmic or something, more, you know, nuanced as opposed to the big stage thing or so, so, something like that. That right. was ultimately kind of a kind remark that made yeah. me like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I did take it in my own way. Um, but no, not fuck that guy. He, he's a genius. I was so grateful to to work with him but it was funny that experience always yeah. always stuck with me that's cool yeah. man <clears throat> i'm i'm glad to hear that because that was i you know when i do any sort of racking of my brain of sd experiences i'm like you know some plays you get uh cooler parts than others and <clears throat> i mean shit patrick adams and i did one called vinegar tom which when we, we were witch hunters and i remember it was like such a cool play and then like you graduate and it's on your resume and you're going into like for like cold case. And they're like, vinegar, Tom, what the fuck is that? And you're like, hey, did I get it? <laughs> you know? um, dude, speaking of Deb Walt, that was so crazy. Cause she was, a, I think sophomore Beck's year. And she was, I think like, I don't know if she was like, was she your like lover in the play or was she just, I, she had a small part dude, because I remember, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You're I was just trying to remember. Um, Ensemble? It was there was a few ensembles. Or did they switch up? Because KC was the Oh Casey Gleason, yeah. Bartender. Yeah. Who I had the romantic storyline with, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Who did Deb play? I think she was ensemble, dude, because I remember vividly, like, you know, remember remembering her as being like this sweet, soft spoken, like uh, I maybe she even said one backstage, because again, we had such a fun group. Like, I think Jake and Trubin and Westbrook. Toy Rubin were all ensemble. So it was like we had a fun crew to just mix it up with pre and post mm -hmm. show, even during in the, uh, <clears throat> in the green room. And I remember Deb being so just quiet. I remember one time she was like, it's just like, it's, it's so cool to like just be around you guys. Like you guys are so funny and you're, you're such good friends. It's like cool just to be around that. Just so kind of meek uh, and sweet. And then, so sweet. then I graduate, cut two. I don't know, three years, she's like, right. goosh, vampire, vampire <laughs> titties. And I'm like, ah! Whoa, I should not be seeing this. No, Deb. And Andy's like, take it, take it. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> this like, is this not is the time. <laughs> Where did you come from? Deb, Deb, turned, Deb was always an amazing actress in she school. Was. I remember that. I think I played her dad in um, All's Well That Ends Well. I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yep. I want to say my senior year, her junior year, I think she was always a great actress. Um, but yeah, man, she, she does great work, but yeah, there's, there is something so interesting about her. She is, she is kind of sweet, slightly me kind of mild mannered, but then, yeah. but she sort of sheds that when she does her work, which I suppose is the job. But um, yeah, I got, I got a humorous story that's along Please. the lines of worshiping the, the older kids at school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was just a disaster i'm gonna mess up some of the names you're gonna help me uh I got you. were you were you cat's class that was one above you cat i was patrick cat garson cat was, was above me uh i'm sorry pat was above me cat larson fuck <laughs> trying to put a face to that name all right forget it i'm gonna get the yearbook out in a second okay. i'm a freshman 
in school and uh i am i get cast in pride and prejudice yep uh as i want to say william fitzpatrick or fitzgerald fitzpatrick fitzpatrick i believe uh i think i have i have basically one scene i think in the show um which is like kind of top of act two ish i'm a suitor who comes in to ask out um was her name marlo marlo thomas yes marlo she was playing yeah she was playing the main gal and i'm kind of a suitor that comes in to ask her out and she says like no thanks because she's still in love with so and so and um and that's my whole part in the play i'm the only freshman cast in the play it's otherwise the juniors and a few seniors it's like an upperclassman play so my head uh you know, swells with pride that I'm the one freshman to be cast in Pride and Prejudice with Fuck the big yeah. kids, with the grown-ups. Yeah, I'm I'm it's hot shit. I'm pretty pumped up. Yeah, and um, you busting out <laughs> your best tank top. Yeah, yes, I brought my I brought my best tank top game. And um, God, I'm gonna butcher the names. Um, Sean, Sean Casey. Yes. Wait, no. Kerrigan. No. Oh Lord. Blonde. Blonde, right? We're gonna play people. People listening to us and be like, "Oh God, shut up!" Shut up! We don't care who you. We don't care, and we don't care who you are, Ryan Eggman, Adam Gay, Adam Stupid Idiot Man. (laughs) (laughs) Equally clever, by the way. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'll skip the name. So there was there was one kid who's a supreme stoner and also a junior. I'll spare their names because there's drug use, anyways. Yeah, and. I'm I'm super pumped to be hanging out with the other kids too. So yeah. cut cut to we're doing a play. I'm dating by this point, just started dating Kat, who is a junior, yes. who uh a who dancer? went on we dated for like two we were together like two years. Was she a dancer? Uh, pro- no, no, she was in the junior okay. BFA class. Okay. Um thanks for remembering. Uh you'll be <laughs> hearing about this from Kat. And um amazing, probably my first love. Be- lovely, sweet great woman and uh her parents were coming that night to see the show and to visit and i had not met them and i had just started dating this girl and was all amped on it and intermission comes i'm all dressed up i'm backstage the play is happening and two or three of the older kids um gabe i think oh yeah kalamas and yeah, but but it was I'm just gonna get everyone in trouble now. The police are gonna come after them for so they're like, we're gonna smoke a joint at intermission. Do you wanna come? Oh, yeah, yep. I absolutely do not no. wanna smoke weed no. and go out on stage. No. I also have to fit in with the older kids. Oh, it's a classic. It's not an pressure. option. It's not an option to duck out of this opportunity to be quote unquote cool. So I step out the back of the theater. Well, all the people are out front of the theater because it's intermission. We walk around the block just casually smoking a joint. I'm trying desperately to fake it. I'm trying to smoke the least amount of weed with the most uh, showmanship. So I just take a look. Well, that's good. Just try and blow it everywhere. Be like, oh, that's a great joint. But I end up getting just ripped. And I'm not a stoner. I'm not a big, I don't smoke a lot of weed, especially at that age. I'm like, I'm a novice. I'm stoned out of my face. That's not even what people say. That's how you know I don't smoke a lot of weed. All across the internet, you'll find mean-spirited articles with headlines like the dumbest town in America, the drunkest, the most caffeinated, 
How would you even determine that? Hey, what's up, guys? Each week, I travel to a notorious American town. So you're the mayor and the barber. Yes. Barber? That's better than a lot of things I've been called. And give it a chance to throw down and defend its reputation. Okay, definitely scary. I'm going to prove what each town is truly all about. This is Small Town Throwdown. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan, reached out, said, I love the pod, would love to some, send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, they're cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped, all by him. Um... And you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scents. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co. uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy. Type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up at the shop and then pick your candles and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%. Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better. Okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. I remember coming backstage and just being like, everything is weird. Like, everything's slow and weird. And going to cat my girlfriend at the time being like, I, I can't go out there. I'm, I'm like, really hot. She's like, you'll be fine. I was like, I don't remember the first line. Or the second line, like what? Oh, like just the whole concept God. of putting on clothes and going out <laughs> went away. You're like, whose costume is this? You're like, yeah, what is, why am I dressing? When did they make this? Six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is 18th century bullshit. Um, and oh my so, God. and my time comes. A cat or someone shoves me up. I'm hyperventilating. I go out on stage. I just remember walking out and just looking. And all these faces looking at me and going, this is so weird. I have to talk now? And then I, I said, and most of it. Please tell me you said that. This is I, so weird. <laughs> I have to talk now? They're like, is that in the script? They're like, I don't remember. That does not sound like Jane Austen. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, get, uh, I, get, I get through the scene. I get back to where I'm about to exit. And, and I freeze. I, it happens. I finally go up and I'm just staring at her 
blank. And she's looking at me becoming increasingly panicked and someone shifts in their seat, you know, <laughs> and she goes, would you like to take me for a walk? And I go, yes, yes. W would you, w I would like to take you if you would like to go with me. Cause I was supposed to ask her to walk with me and leave stage. <laughs> so she comes over, we exit, go backstage, survive, then meet the parents later, still kind of stoned. Hi. Oh, it was, it was a terrifying experience. It scarred me. That is unbelievable. That is never do that. Oh, dude, I feel like I've had dream. You know how like there's the dream of or the nightmare rather of going out on stage and not remembering your lines or have you ever right. had that? I've had that with old plays oh, yeah. where I'm like, yeah. all of a sudden I'm there and I'm like, what? what I, can I look at it again? I, I'm, I haven't done this play in six years. They're like, dude, you're on right. now. I'm you're like, on when? now, go. Yeah, the go. Classic, the classic actor's nightmare. What does that mean? I've never been a dream analyzer, but do you have any no, sort of no. insight? I mean, it's got to mean some kind of anxiety, I guess. Yeah, right. Or I if literally, I haven't had one of those. Yeah, I, it means latent homosexuality, Adam. <laughs> um, and you should know that. I wish it no, was just no, that I, cut and dry. You know, <laughs> I, if there was just an index where you could look at it. Oh, actor's nightmare. Yes, yeah, Layton, yeah. Got it. It's like I, um, I burnt some toast in my dream. It means you're racist. Oh, fuck. yeah. What? Oh no, I know this. Is yeah, me. you got upset because the white toast turned black. You're like, is that? <laughs> No, what? that can't be right. <laughs> oh yeah, talk wrote, to Tony who Robbins. This, who wrote this book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Do, no, um, I, just, I hadn't had one of those in years, and I just had one where I was like in the dream. I remember agreeing to do this play, but not rehearse it, and being like, "I'll show up. It'll be fine." And then being backstage and going, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. What's the? Where am I supposed? Where do I stand?" And and someone being like, "Oh yeah, just go stage left." Okay, well, where do I go on this line? Like, do I cross or what? And just like freaking out, and like, what am I? I why didn't I want to rehearse? This is a terrible idea. Bad. Fuck, dude. The anxiety that actors go through. People don't get it, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> People, all these, all these doctors and nurses out there trying to save lives. They don't understand. You've, uh, you've done a lot of cool charity stuff, man. Which is very cool that you've like gotten famous and like done all these. You know, you're just like, it's cool to take your, your public figureness and your, uh, your, your notoriety and like spin it to good. And, uh, man, I, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's very inspiring. And it's, you know, seeing you like tour some of these hospitals and then, and visit kids. And then like, I think the thing I just saw recently was, was it with Feeding for America? What's the organization that you were? Yeah. Yeah. Feeding America. Donated? They're an yeah. amazing group. Yeah. Uh, did, um, has the new Amsterdam experience, like, I mean, like you probably don't like walk and talks on other shows, right? Like mm -hmm. two and O or blacklist or dirt or, um, did, uh, the medical jargon was that, I mean, something that you had to truly, I don't know, go to a, a hospital and, and really try to understand it fully. Or were you like, as long as I say it right and act like I'm saying it good enough because like, you know, these people go to medical school for years to truly get it all. So I'm wondering if right. it's almost feels like pompous or overly ambitious to be like, let me figure it out in, a, in two months before we shoot and act like, what are, we, what are we shooting? 10 minutes. Yeah. I'll figure out how to do heart surgery. Give me a second. Right. But I mean, obviously <clears throat> like, but the, the, cause you do it so seamlessly. So I'm, I'm wondering what your prep is like for that because 
you know. Um, no, you're 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 yeah. right in that it's 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 mostly the latter. I mean, there's there's certainly no attempt to, you know, pretend you're a doctor, become a doctor, or um, you know, think that you, uh, you know, could because you play one on television that you actually know what you're doing. Uh, but that said, we have, you know, great uh, nurses and doctors on set with us to be, you know, our 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 techs who who help us, who teach us sort of the quick 101 of certain things or we can always email or call or, I mean, A, a lot of times, you know, and you know this, it's like you could be talking about, you could be playing an astronaut or a doctor or a police officer as long as you understand the intent of the scene and you're being truthful, then it doesn't really matter if you're using a made-up language or English or Japanese. It's like, right. you know, as long as you find the truth of it. But, but yeah, we have... Um, nurses and doctors who will, you know, say, okay, so here's what would happen in this case. This person would come in bleeding this way. You would first do this. You would probably second do this or that. And you might call for this drug or something. And you go, okay. And you basically understand temporarily sort of the basics of, of how this or that situation may play out or, or what the thinking might be. But, but yes, it's always with the intent of, of playing the scene. And I, I would, I would make it, I would be a terrible doctor for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what if I was announcing on this podcast? I got a message on LinkedIn. You're off the show because <laughs> real world medicine thinks you can fucking <laughs> thinks you can. He wants you to help. get in there. Uh, oh Lord, I, I, I would if I could. What was the first uh, scene that you did that was so um, like a classic? You know, like I'm sure you watched ER back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. So like oh yeah, first... great, amazing, amazing show. I'll still from time to time. It's a, I was given the opportunity to direct an episode, which was awesome. I saw that. That's yeah. huge, man. It was fun, man. It was it was a real challenge. You know, it's directing is such a funny thing because he, the naivete, at least speaking for myself, is always like my job is to be imaginative. You know, and you, you think naively that your job is to come in and see the world and pick the shots and the angles and the lenses and the and then we're going to move here and it's going to be so beautiful. And then it, directing is just such a pragmatic gig. It's just so about production and timing and schedules and lighting and, and, and beats and, and just such, there's such nuts and bolts to it. And, but anyways, long and short, I watched a bunch of ER because of all the medical shows. I just think that was, um, it was a pretty good one. All the, all the steady cam work they did on that. Oh, show. Yeah. What was the first scene that you guys did where it was like, you know, a crazy surgery where the chaos and trauma was like, at you know level 10 and it was like the coming and cameras are swinging around give me a four or five double give me a double dip chocolate chip put it in the yeah. microwave bring it in cut Get, yeah cut no not ice cream huh? adam it's not ice cream oh i thought wait what no is no the the character is dying <laughs> of of hunger no well what's yeah. a tasty treat yeah exactly uh wait like, uh yeah, like what? Do you remember what that we was were, and what that was like to to? We we were yeah the the the, the pilot was the pilot that David Schoner wrote very uh, very well was was uh, full of stuff. In fact, one of my few and only criticisms of the pilot when I read it, and I think I even maybe voiced it to David. It certainly was not my place uh, then, oh, but but Hollywood hot take. Here we go. But yes, exactly. No, no, just that there was, there was possibly too much, like that it was too much for one hour, for one episode. It was like a lot of stuff went down, big, big, scary um, 
situations. And I was like, is this too, is it, is it going to sort of flatten out because it's so, so much high drama continually. But um, the hardest thing that was probably I had to, my wife on the show suffers a, 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 the words out of my head and were I a real doctor, I would know it. And this is how you know I'm just a dumb actor and not an educated uh, man of medicine. <laughs> um, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Just, just Google it. Uh, <laughs> um, she's going to die basically. Yeah. Uh, because of complications from the pregnancy that has a word that starts with a P that's just gone, gone with all the other lines. And, um, paranoia. And, and the, yes, that's it. She's going to die of paranoia. Uh, yeah. Uh, hyper, hyperclampsia, preclamp, preclampsia. <sighs> that's the word. Damn, look at you. Um, and, and, um, <laughs> she, She's gonna die, and you, just when you see those scenes on television, not to, their television shoots so much material so fast that actors, uh, even if they have the capability, don't necessarily have the time to dig in and make it truthful or or whatever. And it's like, but for whatever reason, I just remember it was the pilot, and and wanting to not just be like concerned, but to be terrified and vulnerable because the character is so in control and he's so good yeah. at being a medical director and he's so you're fired you're going to do this and he's so calling the shots so that i i just thought that if his wife was going to die and it was personal and he and he and he you know just that he would be helpless and terrified and and uh <clears throat> anyways that was a moment of just trying to think about how you would respond in real life to the person that you love and are married to and are having a baby with dying in front of you and how badly you would want them to live and how helpless and scared you'd feel and having to rely on other people to, to do something about it. And so that was an interesting moment to play with. And I feel like we, uh, in fact, I remember the, 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 our director, Kate Dennis, who's a lovely director, um, terrific director. She, between, t I'm not, I'm not like method staying character or whatever by any means. Oh, you're but, not, yeah. I was going to ask. No, but for, but for that scene, you can't just go to like, oh, God, my wife's dying to like, hey, pass the corn nuts. You know, so I, I just tried to stay. Damn, you got corn just, nuts on set? <laughs> <laughs> NBC spares no expense. No expense. <laughs> and uh, I just remember staying, you know, in a emotionally fragile, vulnerable place just to stay there so it could actually just kind of stay in the place of whatever, fear and panic. And, and I remember Kate between takes was like are you okay and i remember being like yes fuck off i'm staying in the thing what do you think i'm doing yeah like, yeah, yeah 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 jesus <laughs> like because i'm like half crying between takes, and she's like are you and i was like yes yes i'm okay just yeah. call it call it yeah it's um, yeah, yeah, do you, yeah how much time do you spend it. with your material in general like for black Klansmen, like when you got that first of all insane did you read for spike yeah. once twice was it cast off tape How'd that go? No, red, red, you were red so fucking good in that, man. Oh, thanks, man. I, I was just such a uh, blur, right? Amazing opportunity, and I, and I, yeah, he was uh, amazing throughout that whole process from start to finish. Just incredibly supportive and um, and uh, very um, creates just the atmosphere and a feeling of looseness and mm -hmm. and honesty and very not not precious. Uh, very, very open to try things, very open to just do it. And who cares? Yeah, try one that way, try one that way, whatever, move on. Yes, got it. No, just very like, let's just find something truthful and, and go on. And, um, but yeah, no, went, went into red for that and ended up switching roles, I think. And then, um, 
and then um yeah it was, once you get all then, the material like what what is your what's your next move because <clears throat> clearly it's working so i'm i'm curious for the young actors comics stepdads out there listening to this like what what is <clears throat> the first thing you do what's the second thing and then how much do you throw that out once you get on set and go let me just trust what i've done now and it's time to rock and roll so <laughs> the that's that's a funny story because uh got the material and ended up um getting like a wig and a mustache and all this stuff to try to like i was like i'm just gonna go for it i'm gonna look the parts i'm gonna look very 70s period i'm gonna look as racist as possible yeah um and um which you already did so it was like you need yeah most minimal yes exactly um and then i ended up the morning of like throwing it out being like no this is too much this is not like a third or a fourth read i i'm just i don't think spike was even there i think it was just with casting so it is too much i don't don't i didn't so i kind of wussed out which by the way i don't i i go for it i always say go for it if you want to try a wig or a or a piece of costume or a oh, prop or something joe i say do it yes because as long as it's good it, they don't mean you don't you know the classic you don't want to bring a fake gun that's never fun for anybody but um but yeah if, if it's anything that helps you feel it or or if you think it's weird or oh what if they judge me like i'm trying too hard or this is too strange just just go for it um in fact dirt i had brought a a fake dog the scene took place with a dog he was pretending to be this charitable dog walker and I brought a fake dog and set it on the table for the audition and was referencing the dog and them. And, the, and I remember Courtney Cox later saying to me that she was like, um, what about the dog guy? What about the fake dog guy? So it's like, you know, sometimes that stuff is, Whoa. I don't know, make somebody remember you uh, potentially or whatever. So I, I say just be weird and go for it. But that's amazing for, for spikes. It was um, what happened when it, Oh, and then, met spike uh, very 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 nervous and um he says you're not right for this role try this role i think you're right for that gives me another pair of sides i go outside i have like five minutes with it and i just read a handful of pages and go back in and wing it and just make like really quick choices like i don't know if it's the right one but let's just you know there's no time so just do you it gotta make a choice right like exactly the worst yeah, thing you yeah. can do is go in completely neutral on whatever it is you're trying to deliver for sure or yeah. trying to figure out exactly what they want just yeah exactly make a choice make a strong choice and and um and go for it and the first thing that hit me about that character was just um his lack of confidence in himself and his uh desperation to be accepted and liked so that was just the first thing I went with this guy who's just all show and just really kind of a pathetic loser at home and probably, you know, wife probably left him for, you know, probably for a black man. Maybe that's where his hatred comes from. I mean, I was just making these quick choices of like, or he was never accepted. Now this, there's this KKK thing that will accept him. So he finds acceptance here and he's got a posture to be a tough guy because he isn't because he's, you know, and, uh, Anyways, and so just just kind of wing, winged it, um, and and it was great. And of course, then Spike gives you thoughts, notes, try a little of this or that, and 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 very insightful sort of thoughts to play with that help you tap into what I, what he's going for. And then um, and then yeah, he was kind enough to uh, let me come play, and it was a great experience. Man, dude, yeah, that was. And then you guys, <clears throat> did you go to the um, Oscars? Uh. 
I did not go to the Oscars, no. I, but, but yes, the, yes, the film went, uh, and Spike won uh, with Kevin um, yeah. for, um, for screenplay, which was amazing. So crazy. Fun to see him jump up on stage with uh, Sam Jackson. That was pretty cool. Are those award shows means- in general um, cool? Are you, do you dig them? Do you, was your first one overwhelming and, like, but then, and, and so cool, and then you kind of settle in, and now it's just, like, old news? Or do you get jacked up? Because I hear some people being like, I go because I have to, but it's the parties are okay. But I'm like, I show up for 30 minutes and I, I bounce because I'm not social. But you're a social right. dude, and I, I assume the schmoozing, if you, if you can show off that side of yourself too, like I'm sure it, it does help. So why wouldn't you do it, right? Yeah. I mean, if anything, I don't go to a lot of those, but I've been to, you know, SAGs uh, and Golden Globes, Indie Spirit. I've been to a few. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, here's the thing. I've never been nominated as an individual at these. I've been nominated a handful of times for an ensemble award, like SAG Ensemble or Dope. Indie Spirit as well, and things like that, which is amazing. And I'm like, you know, obviously very, very proud to be nominated in any way. But I think it would be different if you were going, you know, in the Best Supporting or Best yeah. Actor category or something where you were – then you would be really there um, for the purpose, more for a reason, hopefully for something you're proud of that you yeah. would like to yeah. see get yeah. the attention. Well, the, CSI Glendale. Thing, yes, just, exactly. Yes. Like, that's what you're alluding to, is that if something best, truly... Best show idea goes <laughs> to Adam Ray and Ryan Eggold for CSI Glendale shoplifting episode. <laughs> uh, Genius! Award yeah. these men. Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah, have you... Do you... Uh, you know, I've, I've heard pretty crazy. Jerry Ferrara told me a story about, like, peeing next to De Niro and Pacino in the bathroom at the Golden Globes. I mean, right. have you been any sort of been involved in any urinal sandwich stories? By the way, urinal I, sandwich. I have, great been, band I have name. been in a three-way with Bob and Al in the bathroom. Um, it was no accident. It was uh, we had we decided we would meet at midnight in the men's room, <laughs> and we would just we see decided. what happened. No, I, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you yes, you see, you see every actor actress <clears throat> under the sun. I mean, you know. One of the times, some once in a while, it's cool because you get to meet someone you really admire. Um, I went to—I honestly forget which one it was, but it was shortly after. It might have been the year after Mahershala Ali won for Moonlight. He won for Moonlight, right? Yeah, Sporting? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, and I just loved that film and loved him. Still love him. Um, and he's just such a fan. And so I—you you never want to be obnoxious or annoying especially those things like people are working they have stuff to do but just said hi and told him i really appreciate his work and stuff and and um and then you end up chatting with him for two minutes you know just a quick nothing special just a quick oh thanks man it means a lot and say this or that and it's just fun and then it's fun to to meet sort of folks you look up to and admire in that way and and then not be total dicks to you is always kind of fun well being an amsterdam just got renewed for season three right that's right. Yes, yes. Three. We finished two, and then three is coming back. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I feel like once you get to this three season mark, man, you're kind of coasting, and the show speaks for itself. You're so good. The cast is dope. It's like, look, you always need a medical drama and like one that's got heart and like good characters. And again, to hit that season three mark, like, I don't know if you're superstitious or how you feel, but when you get when you guys finished season two, were you like, yeah, like 
it's like we're jamming. Like we're like now there's just more room to grow. So were you like shocked when you got the call for season three or were you like elated? Were you horny? Like what was the, <laughs> yes. what, was the what was the emotion? I, uh, yes, I got a stiff. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, uh, they, NBC picked us up for uh, uh, three seasons, for season three, four, and five. Dude, thank you for correcting me. I thought that's what I saw and I didn't want to say no. it and then had yes, to be like, you know, it's actually just one. Yeah. You, fucking egg dick but no uh it is <laughs> exactly dude, oh that... no it's not that exciting it's just one <laughs> um, dude okay thank god that's fucking bonkers it's amazing and you know there's new leadership in nbc and um you know television's been changing for i guess it's always changing but you know with the advent of streaming and sort of subscription-based content and stuff and everybody's moving to creating and owning their own original content. Netflix yep. wants to make more Netflix stuff. Amazon wants to make more Amazon stuff. NBC wants to make more NBC stuff that's theirs, and they're launching Peacock and everything. So I think, you know, yeah, the, the show's doing well here and, and internationally as well. And, and like you said, there's always a home for a good medical drama. And uh, so, yeah, I think they wanted to give support to David and the writers and the producers and everybody and and let them know that they can they can build on it. and. Three more. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. What what were you? I, mean, yeah. I don't feel like you hear that often where it's like you get picked up for three more. It's usually no, no. a couple more apps, maybe even a couple more scenes. They're like, we're going right. to order two more scenes of the middle with, um, fuck, Patricia Heaton, right? <laughs> All right. Whatever. Oh, Patricia Arquette. Does she have her show? The middle. No. Patri it's the woman from um, uh, Ray, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I think it's Patricia Heaton. I'm going Patricia okay. Heaton for Let's the win. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. not Le Re Remini. Le Le Remini. No, that's King no. of Queens. Okay, okay, I mixed up. Forget yeah. it. Wait. So okay. So By the way, right now Leah Remini is at home going medical drama. No, not that guy. Like she's doing the same thing to me. Let's just be very clear. She's like the, one, the, no, the guy kid? who wears the scrubs, the guy with the stupid hair and the tank top and the beard. Yeah, the funny looking guy. The guy oh. <laughs> What didn't he get kicked out of Mumford and Sons? Um, do uh, okay. I saw that so. guy Blonson went in an alley because he dropped out of school. <laughs> his parents told him to, so at least he was <laughs> said, doing what they again. said. No, he but wouldn't so listen. do you go extra cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when you get three seasons in one call? Yes, I mean you know, uh, not to be disparaging at all, or to, or to be uh, ungrateful, but there's also a bit of terror too. You're like, holy crap, you know, like this thing's going to be here for. A long time you but it gives you the freedom to then uh settle into like uh, a you want to invest in the show more i mean me yep. personally it makes me want to go all right well i'd like to, to be involved and and give my two cents not that they need it at all yeah uh, but just to sort of figure out you know you don't want to you know it's a network uh medical drama so it so it is what it is but you still want to figure out how to not do sort of exactly the same episode every time and figure out at least between seasons sort of what what's different to play with or what's something where you can push the material to new territory because not just for the, I mean, for the audience wants that too, to see something develop. Um, That's so awesome. I, think it gives, I, I dig that you yeah. have that feeling because that is like, if you are at the helm of it and going to be involved for that long, it's like, and you are, are a creative guy. It's like, you can't help but be on set offset thinking of when you're invested in the story and, and everything that much, you can't help but have ideas. And it's like, Hey man, it'd be cool if some of those could get heard. It, and they're very cool about letting me and, and I think others 
contribute and, and feel heard and, and sometimes listening and sometimes saying, no, we, we disagree with that, which is their, their right too. But they're, they're, they're pretty collaborative, which is, which is nice. You don't always get that. And David Schulner in particular is very, um, very egoless, uh, warm, um, collaborative guy. And it's, it's, that's rare in his position. So it's nice. This is personally great for me because I've written about 60 different uh, New Amsterdam log lines. I, was, I didn't know if I was going to get a chance to hoping to throw at you. <laughs> pitch them, and now I got three seasons worth of chances. It's kind of like, a, you know. Yeah, um, one, of, one of them's going to make it. I mean, just on the law of averages alone. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, let me just go ahead and read you a few here real quick. Okay, great, um, great. Okay, guy walks into 7-Eleven, gets head blown off. Uh, okay. Second one, guy sprains ankle getting out of Uber, fucks Uber driver. Uh, the third one, guy has kid, psych. Fourth one, um, <laughs> guy gets divorced, then remarried, then divorced again, then starts pinball machine arcade company. Great. That, one, that one I think I wrote when I was half asleep. Guy yeah. eats pizza, <laughs> guy eats pizza, wakes up in ocean. So look, so I can email you right. these directly. Yeah, no, but- good. Emails, fine. Um, you can text them. Uh, if you want to just write them down and put them in a <laughs> bottle and just send it out to sea, and it should at some point reach. You know I'm picking up on your sarcasm, Egg Dick, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> this is me. Look, look Adam, stupid, dumb guy, Ray. All right, equally clever. Dude, I'm getting day. triggered. Um, oh, I was hoping for a spit take. Uh, <laughs> it's all over the screen. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, a few more minutes. I want to ask you real quick and thanks. By the way, it's great to see your face, man. Yeah, you too, buddy. And, uh, and it's rare. It's, it's very, I don't know if this happens for you, uh, a lot, but like, you know, you seem like, again, someone that can pick up where things left off and like, you know, yes. And and be chummy with, with whoever's in your space. But like, I think it's always a really cool sign when uh you know we've texted over the years and and stayed in touch and followed each other's shit but like to have a chat like this and have it be so fun it's like oh fuck yeah dude you yeah know? For li- likewise man no it's a good time and proud of you for how, how, i want to hear more about the podcast thing and i mean the podcast space is, is an exciting space these days i feel like there's it a is. lot of great ones and and how's it all going well you know when we're making uh logline five next season we can dive into it more <laughs> i can tell you about now but no, I, yeah, I could, dude. I mean, it's something that you know. If this thing continues for a minute, like you, uh, you should jump in into it in, in some fashion, man. Because not only with your, um, you know, uh, uh, listening capabilities, but like you got a lot of people at your disposal that I, I bet would, would love to uh, jam with you. You know, um, it'd be fun. I, the thing about a podcast, if I was ever to start a podcast, it requires a degree of, of honesty that would be. Uh, I know a, a leap to make. I'm I'm fairly uh, private-ish. I don't do a lot of me stuff out there. I can't even say it. I become so uncomfortable talking about it. But when you're working, you have a character to hide behind and stuff. And even when you do an interview, it's like it's about a project and stuff. But I feel like with a podcast, you have to you got to be yourself. You got to be present, and open, and vulnerable, and honest, and all that stuff. And uh, I don't want I don't want the truth to come out about Dude, me. The truth. I- <laughs> About my sex dungeon. I can't have people knowing about that. Well, let's that. out, because let's be honest. People have subscriptions <laughs> to, um, to a lot of sites, and they've, yeah. they've seen. Also, look, if you didn't blog about it, I don't think it would be such no, an you're right. open the thing. The fact that I started a, a subscription-based fan-only, fan-only account to my uh, – that was a bad move. 
Dude, I Googled fun water slides for the summertime and egg dick sex dungeon came up. So <laughs> you want to talk about you're not in the advertising world. And oh, Lord. Yeah. So, um, no, I hear you, dude. It's the I'm constantly trying to push myself to be more because there's certain things that I'm just like, you know, like my buddy Theo Vaughn will openly talk about not jerking off for like a month and diving. Right. Like, and I'm like, man, I, I, that's just not a it's not something that truly interests me to, to talk about that part of me hey i'm not definitely going a month but but also <laughs> it's like I, I don't know i i i am always interested in, in finding the funny and other things but unfortunately right. the podcast world people truly latch on winnie cummings has gotten really good at this about being just so raw and open on every yes. front and almost exposing too much to where you're like annoyed but you can't stop watching you know right so right it's no, finding that balance I, yeah. As for me, as a as a listener uh, or as an audience member of, of, you know, yeah, that's that's when I that's when I connect. That's when I'm in, because, you know, it's like it's like stand up too. I mean, it's like comedy really in general. A great stand up. I just watched Jerry Seinfeld's new thing the other night. Or oh, yeah, anybody. It's like they say things that you've thought or felt at some point on a certain degree. Um, maybe they frame it in a new way or a different way or or sort of remind you that you have even had that thing. Oh yeah, that's happened to me too. I mean, there's so much relatability um, that, that makes comedy uh, funny. And I think makes any material drama podcast um, interesting. It makes you want to invest because you, you connect on that personal level and that's sort of the relief of it. It's almost like therapy in a way where you're like, Oh God, I'm not alone. I, you know, somebody else feels that way too, or somebody else had that experience or, you know what I mean? And, that's that's the great thing about it, I think. Um, have you? Uh, when did New York grab you? You know, what I'm saying, like, because an LA boy mm. and lived there for so long, worked there for so long, but now you've been there seven and a half years, right? Maybe. Yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's right. When did you like? I was always. Yeah. No, no, you go. No, fuck no, dude. that's it's it. Your, it's your, no, it's your you know up, what? Dude. Let's. No. I pre- let's agree question. to not speak. Let's yeah. agree to not speak anymore. Period. <laughs> Ever again, though. I mean, ever. Dude, this is what uh, happens. Wait, so what? What? Because I've been in New York many a times for stand up and only been there truly, you know, lived there for a little bit with the girl after college for about six, seven months to try to maybe mm. live there. I was doing open mics right. and working, and, and it just, it wasn't the New York experience that I, it was great for that time, but now I go, oh, I could only be here for shows. Or if I had a, a gig, like a, a, tr- a really solid acting gig, like you got that, that allowed me to get immersed in living there. And, For sure. Uh, and when did that, when did the, you really feel like, oh, this is home now and, and I, I have a, a grasp on the subway system and I don't get phased when people scream at me on the street and I have almost picked up some of that New York tood. Right, right, right. For sure. Um, Man, I was as a kid. I always idolized New York. Not even entirely sure why. I just had the energy. I just remember the first time I flew there as a kid. We were on like a family trip or something. The first time I was just was like, "What is this place? It's just full of." Sounds so stupid. It's just, but it's full of buildings and people and the cabs and the lights and the theater. I mean, especially because I was interested in theater, even if I didn't know why yet or what it was all about. I just was like, "That's amazing." There's all these theaters and. Um, and you can get a hot dog right on the street, like just right on the street. This is yeah. this is anarchy. Yeah. Um, and just the energy of that town um, always appealed to me. And then, you know, with college, I actually was 
going to go to either NYU or, 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 or SC in LA. And I ended up sort of accepting to NYU because I could, I didn't have the heart to be like, I'm not going to go. Cause I just figured it would be better to sort of figure there was more opportunity in LA. So did that. But then, yeah, then got a show uh, that took me to New York, which was blacklist. Ironically, I had been spending all, half my year in New York and was thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to move here full time. And then just, and then got an opportunity. It took me a perfect, perfect timing. And let's go dove in. And um, I don't know, man, I, I love that city. Every time I go back, I, I, I'm always, it's such a romantic city. I, you know, the beginning of Manhattan, yeah. Woody Allen film where he, yeah. he you know, idolized the city all out of proportion. I, that's, uh, that's me. I love that too. Um, a quick, uh, a quick Mary fuck kill with Ryan Matthews from 90210, your character, Tom Keen, your blacklist character, Max Goodwin, your new Amsterdam character, Mary fuck kill. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. You know what? It's actually very easy. Or did Hoda already ask you this question? It's we just this morning. Sorry. <laughs> you can Google it, but I can't answer it. Um, I would have to kill, uh, Ryan Matthews from 90210. My apologies to any fans of that. Guy, I just True by, heartthrob, the way, so, by the way, that was your I, that was when the heartthrobs. I mean, you oh stepped God. right into it, dude. Such a boner, such a boner. I, <laughs> I, on Instagram, somebody um, very sweetly made a collage of different like looks, and there was a bunch of 90210 looks. And my hair was like, I mean, this is like, you know, when are we graduates? I mean, this is early 2000s, or, or yeah, uh, when, yeah. When we, I was uh, 05, so you were what 06? 06, yes. Okay, so this is, you know, 2008 or something. And I have this hair, like, it's 1985. Like, I'm on Saved by the Bell and just like, oh, it yeah. was the 80s. Like, no, it was the late 2000s. <laughs> and, like, it just looked like an asshole. I'm like, well, why? Who let my hair look like that? Who let the dogs out? Who let Eggle? And now it looks like this. Dude. So good. <laughs> so really very good. Well, they let you keep well, it like this for – um. Oh wait, finish the uh, finish the the. Oh yeah, first. okay. Then I would. Uh, so I would kill Ryan Matthews. I would, I would have to have one night of passionate lovemaking with uh, with Tom Keen from Blacklist because he's oh, a little wow. more dangerous. He's yep. a bit of a you know, kind of a badass, a bit of a, a dark, uh, dark figure there. Um, and then I would of course marry Max Goodwin because he's a kind, generous, good thoughtful man. He's a guy. He runs a hospital. He's a good guy. Yeah, can't be a bad guy and run a hospital. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. Well, you could. Be a you different could. story. Boy, ask Dr. Fauci about that one. Sorry to get political <laughs> on you, dude. No. <laughs> um, well, uh, hey, man, this has been a, a fucking treat. You're the man. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me. Keep yeah, up good work. Are, you, are you coming back to New York to do stand-up anytime soon? You know, you... I just actually got... Um... Well, I mean, when life resumes, of course. Well, yeah, so, so I'm doing a club in Utah at the end of the month, and then Arizona Great. right after that. So clubs are... It's not going to be uh, a full-on comeback, but it's going to be like third capacity, like right. masks, masks and uh, sanitizing stations, people seated, you know. Uh, Are you going to stand up with the mask? Because you've got to take the mask off to I'm get I'm not wearing the... a mask, dude. No, I'm probably no. going to buy my own mic, though, honestly, right. and bring it to wherever I go. Because I don't want to wait for them to provide it and, and share the No, you don't want to you don't want to wet wipe off the last <laughs> just all over that thing. And it's not even that I don't want to share the spit of another comic. I don't want to share the spit of a comic that's below me. But it's um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. But it's uh it's a safety thing. But it's 
it's exciting, but it's also scary, man. Some people are jumping full in, uh, full in and, and filling up their calendar right now as much right. as they can to kind of get ahead of it. But yeah, man, I mean, uh, New York is definitely on the docket. Um, but uh, I um, last time I was out there was September. I did Radio City with uh, Dan Cook, and that was bonkers. Dope. I bet that was crazy. Man, it looks like a matte painting. You walk out, and it's just like it yeah. doesn't look real. And then you get a couple, uh, a couple laughs, and you're like, okay, it's just a show. But the, the right. wave. I mean, I've only seen Chappelle there three times, so it yeah, way up on a pedestal. Yeah, right. and it's just and it's just so big and it's so deep too. We're still talking it about is. Radio City. That's one of the most beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the most beautiful uh, venues in in the world. I love that that space. Do you try real quick? Do you try to go to a lot of um, like that also feels like something that because it's in your backyard, maybe you take it right. for granted, but shows not only comedy, but Broadway. Cause it seems like obviously not, there's always new things coming up. So you really right. have no shortage. Not, not as much as I should. And yeah. the shooting a television show, you know, is, is the schedule is uh, crazy. It's just Dude, nonstop and you don't have as much you're working. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. You're doing a show. Good for you. Ooh, three seasons. Uh, three more seasons. <laughs> But no, I, I mean, I was last time I was at, I think it was Radio City, or was it Beacon? I saw yeah, Wilco. Oh, oh. Either way, I saw, speaking Whoa. of Jerry Seinfeld, I saw Jerry Seinfeld at the Beacon, which I think he was doing a lot of material that went into this well, that's special that just came out. Yeah, yeah. Went, wow, that's awesome. Oh, and he, that venue's he's, crazy. He's, he's great. I saw him live do the bit about the your cell phone dying and if I don't make it and collapsing on stage. Just such a great bit. So, so true. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I should, I should more, but I still do, you know, we drive across the Brooklyn bridge to go to work or whatever. And I, I do often look out and just go, man, that's a good looking town. You dude, if anyone ever says Ryan egg, egg roll does not know how to close out a podcast, I'm going to send him <laughs> this clip, dude, because you literally go, I look out the window, drive over the Brooklyn bridge and God damn, that's a pretty town. <laughs> Dude, I should have just turned the mics off. You should unplug. Just pull the plug, man. Oh, dude. Uh, New Amsterdam's is every... Two, God knows when we come back, but it was uh, Tuesday evening at 10, right? Yeah, I believe that's right. Let's, let's hope that's right. If it's wrong, I just got fired. No, you know what? Here so. we go. New Amsterdam. I feel like I just watched it, so... Uh, uh, Tuesday at ten, right? If I get this wrong, right. shame on me. Airs. Uh, fuck. Perfect. No, you should go out there. Airs. Um, fuck. <laughs> Cut. Just thank you for listening to the Adam Ray Show. <laughs> oh my god! I wish it was called that. <laughs> fuck. Is it too late to change it? No. Um. Oh boy! You know what? I'll put it in the I'll put it in the front. But I'll, we'll put it so, in there. Let's go with Tuesday at ten. And if it's a different time, you have Google. You have right? Google. People dude. have Google. Look People it up. Things. If you're a fan of the show, you already know. So that's right. That's right. Um, well, uh, congrats again. You're the man. And um, thanks, buddy. Stay safe. Likewise. And when I get back out there, let's kick it live in the flesh. You know. Please, when life resumes, I would love to come. Come see to a show. You haven't seen me probably ever, but at least uh, you know. You knew Dude, that I, would I love started, that. Stand, so. Stand up terrifies me. I, I would love to try it one day, not to do what you do and start a career, but just no, to you know we'll experience do. the terror and the panic of that. We'll do, uh, so uh, Gotham is the club. It's like my home club when I go out there, right? In Chelsea. Yeah. It's unbelievable yeah. room. 
my buddy Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block lives out yeah. there, and, and he came out to see every time I'm doing shows. And he's always the same thing. He always wanted to try it. And I go, dude, do five minutes before me and bring me up on the Sunday show, which is like the right. latter of the shows. So he does get some laughs, fun. He just wanted to flex the muscle. You can for sure do that if you want to, man. You know, one take, of these days. Right, right, yeah. right. It can even be a tight, it can even be one minute. It can even be one joke. I'm down. I can do it. I'll stretch one joke for five minutes. Watch this. No, nobody said you're going to do five, but I think if you do one. <laughs> dude, by the way, 60 Seinfeld, seconds. On the last. 60 uh, seconds. The, the last time I was there, two times ago, Seinfeld, it's like his, he goes to all the clubs, but it's his like favorite club. So Mazzilli, Chris Mazzilli, the owner, calls me up. He's a buddy of Seinfeld's. He goes, Seinfeld wants to come in, work out for his new special. This is the one he did before this one, the one he taped at uh, the comic strip where he started. And he's like, he wants to come in and do like 20 um, before you. I'm like, he goes, is that cool? I go, has anyone ever said no? He's like, <laughs> no. I go, I kind of want to just because. Definitely yeah. not going to. So he comes in, does 20 before me. And then I go up and then, uh, and I'm like, boy, thanks for letting this fucking, this new guy get up yeah. and, and do his thing and whatever. But dude, he was so funny. And he does that all the time, which is so cool. And it's, it's why he's still at the top because he's, it's one of those things you can't replace the work, man. And the, it's a That's craft right. that has to be like anything. You know, yeah, you're doing a it. muscle. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I love all right, you. I'll, one day. You too, pal. Uh, I'll see you the at weekend. the next stand-up show. I'll be yeah. your opener for okay, 60 cool. seconds only. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Thanks, buddy. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.